It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to May 28th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Today we'll be in Ellsworth, Iowa. So let's turn our attention to the Ellsworth News on May 28th, 1925. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll! Senior class play at Ellsworth High and school year. Fifteen students present society drama, Miss Somebody Else. The senior class play of the Ellsworth High School was given last Friday and Saturday nights for the approval of the pleasure-loving people of this community. Friday night, all seats were reserved and the high school gymnasium was packed to capacity. Saturday night, a good-sized audience was present, but it was not quite as large as the previous night. The class play this year was Miss Somebody Else, a society affair in four acts. The scene of the play was at Tuxedo Brook Clubhouse, USA, and the plot revolved around the apparent failure of the management of the clubhouse to make both ends meet, the revival of the patronage of the same, a crook, some bonds, a heartbreaker, and several love affairs. Miss Olga Kohlberg played the part of Mrs. Ann Delavan, the manager of the Tuxedo Club House. She was in the depths of despair over the finances of the club and is given some very sarcastic advice by her maid, Susan Jane Riggs, a part played by Miss Mabel Tweed. Miss Nolberg handled her part with an ease that was a pleasure to observe while Miss Tweed, with her eccentric makeup and droll manners, was easily the comedian of the play. Not the least of Mrs. Delavan's troubles was her daughter, Mildred, played by Miss Ruth Olson. Miss Mildred desired fine raiment and leisure moments, and although she wished the best of everything, she was above turning her hand to help out the family purse. Miss Olson, in her rendition of the character of the vain, light-headed daughter, played her part with an excellence that foretold long and serious study of her script of the play. Then, to add to Mrs. Delavan's trials and tribulations, her husband, Jasper, although a benevolent and lovable scientist, was of no earthly help to her in assisting her to recover from her financial chaos. William Thompson played the part of the scientist husband, and with his gray eye, long sideburns, old age lines in his face, and gas mask over his shoulders, he made a picture that created a general outburst of laughter when he stepped on the scene. William played his part seriously, and thus portrayed the old scientist in a manner which added zest to the play. Like a bolt of lightning out of a clear sky, Mrs. Delavan was to receive aid from a source which she least expected. She had written to an old school friend, inviting her friend's daughter to visit her when she was in that neighborhood. She had also sent a picture of her large country home, using an advertising picture of Tuxedo Brook Clubhouse, never dreaming that the invitation would be accepted. She did all this with the hopes that her friend would think that she and her family were still prosperous and happy. 
But the friend's daughter did accept the invitation, and Miss Constance Darcy, with her chauffeur and French maid, walked in on Mrs. Delavan the very day that she expect, expected the sheriff to close up Tuxedo Brook and throw them all out, bag and baggage. The only redemption for Mrs. Delavan was to confess to Miss Darcy that she was broke and that she expected to be compelled to leave Tuxedo Brook at any moment. Miss Darcy, played by Miss Virgie Johnson, then had a great idea. She would run Tuxedo Brook and she would make the great society folks patronize the place and make it pay. And she did. She changed the place from a gloomy old house to a club that was frequented by all the big bugs. The financial condition of the Delavan family was changing overnight. Miss Virgie Johnson, as the heroine, has a very lengthy and difficult part to play. But she came through with colors flying. She played as Miss Darcy, the visitor, and then in the rehabilitation of the club she played as Nora the maid and the rich Irish brogue of Nora was a pleasure to hear. Her chauffeur, John, was played by G.M. Gladys Johnson, and although her lines were few, her part was of major importance, as she also took the part of John, the gardener, and John, the butler, and each change meant different character acting. Miss Myrtle Swenson, as Miss Darcy's French maid, Celeste, was clever in her part. Her French words and accents and petite manners clearly indicated much work and serious contemplation on her part in the play. Theodore B. Manzager, as leading man, had the part of Kruger Blainwood, and as he was the only outsider who knew Miss Darcy, for whom she was, he was taken into the secret, and he promised to aid in bringing Tuxedo Brook before the public. He was as good as his word, and at the end of the play received his reward in the person of Miss Darcy. A great many of the humorous sections of the play revolved around Ted's words and actions, and he lived up to the expectations, having the audience in an uproar time and time again. Miss Leon Keys E., as Mrs. Blainwood, Kruger's mother, deserves much credit for her portrayal of that character, "'Tis easy for the young to play young, and for the old to play old. But when the young plays old, it is a difficult matter, and Miss Leo Leon, with her long skirts, gray hair, and lorgnette, fitted perfectly into the sketch. Now enters the villain, Ralph Hastings, clearly showed himself to be a stealer of hearts, and later development also showed him to be a stealer of bonds. Francis Rysetter, as the villain in the play, put his part across with a bang. He was alert, serious, gay, frivolous, hard-hearted, and des desperate in turn, and in each mood he showed himself as a stellar actor. Miss Muriel Voss, as Frida Mason, a typical society girl, Miss Jeanette Swenson, as a society matron, Miss Esther Olson, as a society butterfly, and Miss Alda Voga as Mrs. Blainwood's debutante daughter, all assisted in the success of the play. Their lines were few, but their presence at opportune times on the stage was necessary for the proper settings, and they all proved themselves capable of handling their parts. Raymond Holt, 
played as Sylvie Crane, a diffident chap who wanted nerve and a girl, produced his part in a manner which was a pleasure to see. With his quiet manners, well-controlled voice, and dramatic action when necessary, he can be mentioned as having one of the stellar roles. The tableau in the fourth act, produced by nine high school girls, also deserves mention. It was somewhat different from the usual lines of amusement, and it was heartily applauded at its conclusion. Mrs. A. R. Johnson and Miss Phyllis Gutz, who had charge of the presentation of the play and the tableau, are to be commended for the manner in which both were presented. It took work and effort, and they can feel that their efforts did not go unrewarded. The high school orchestra was on the job both Friday and Saturday nights and produced sweet music during the intermissions. Leave for Los Angeles aboard the Shriners festive special train. Mr. and Mrs. A. Reynolds left Tuesday morning for Ames, Iowa, where they boarded a special train carrying Shriners to the Big Shrine Convention at Los Angeles, California. The train will make special stops at various places for the benefit of the sightseers, Salt Lake City being one of the places of interest where they will stop. Mr. and Mrs. Reynolds expect to be gone three or four weeks as they will also visit with relatives located in the West. Many farmers are using war explosives. According to A.W. Clyde, Agricultural Engineering Specialist of the Extension Service, Iowa farmers using picric acid and Sodatel surplus war explosives have made a saving of $93,850 over dynamite since 1921. Seven carloads of these explosives were distributed in 1924, with a demand for 73,050 pounds, which could not be filled owing to the supply being exhausted. Mr. Clyde says that the large saving over commercial dynamite is due mostly to the lower cost per pound of war explosives and also to their greater strength. Thus, from 115 to 135 pounds of 40% dynamite would be required to do the work of 100 pounds of sodatol or picric acid and would cost at the retail $30, says Mr. Clyde. 68 counties report 810 farms clearing land of stumps and boulders last year. 54 counties report 3,885 acres of land cleared. Teachers leaving this week. The out-of-town teachers are leaving for their respective homes this week. Miss Phyllis Gutz left for her home in Pomeroy, Iowa, Wednesday. Miss Gutz has been principal in the Ellsworth High School for the past four years. Miss Ethel Hartig left for her home in Edgar, Wisconsin, Monday. Miss Hartig has been mathemati mathematics teacher here for the past two years. Miss Pearl Yank left for her home in What Cheer, Iowa, Monday evening after being employed as an instructor in the Ellsworth High School for the past year. Piano Tuning Arthur Erickson, state serviceman for the Cable Piano Company, will be in Ellsworth the week of June 1, tuning and cleaning $4, highly recommended by Des Moines Best Music Teachers. Leave orders at the news office. 
And that's it for May 28th on Iowa's Newsworthy Pass. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. Episodes are released on Wednesdays and Fridays at 8 a.m. So put that on your calendar. Anyway, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Just real easy. Search Iowa's Newsworthy Past. And I'll be there.